Now, I, I understand what some of the brethren have said. They've gone to places that didn't really have much Bible teaching, and they knew the gospel, and that's about all the poor things knew. And every single time you ever go there, you get something on the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for years and years. And, and the Bible's a bigger book than that. It has a few other things. But don't ever think that because you get to be a good student of the Word of God and you know some other things, that the cross becomes less important to you. I'll guarantee you'll be needing that thing. There's a reason in our hymn book so many of the songs refer to the cross, if not have it as its main subject. Right. We sing, uh, Jesus, keep me near the cross. We sing, don't let me walk too far from Calvary. Don't spare the agony of Gethsemane. I might soon forget the day you died for me. And that's why I pray, Lord, don't let me stray too far from Calvary. There's a reason that from time to time we're supposed to observe the Lord's Supper and think of his bruised body and shed blood. This is supposed to be fresh on our minds. It's supposed to be something that we remember. We sing at Calvary. We sing at the cross. We sing beneath the cross. We sing hallelujah for the cross. We sing kneel at the cross. We sing lead me to Calvary. We sing must Jesus bear the cross alone. We sing there's room at the cross. We sing the old rugged cross. We sing when I survey the wondrous cross. We sing am I a soldier of the cross. Amen. I mean there's just there's no end to the cross Amen. and its importance in the Christian life. It is the center of our religion. It's our salvation. It's our security. It's our example. It's our glory. And I want us to look at it today and what it means to us spiritually even after we're saved. All right, I'm just going to look at three things about it. And of course, there's many a thing. And we can talk about the cross many, many times. But the first thing I want to talk about is the preaching of the cross. After you get saved, you should be real interested in spreading the preaching of the cross. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is that he died for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the preaching of the cross, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, For Christ sent me not, this is Paul speaking, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know what's missing in our Christian lives sometimes and why we don't have much power? We're not around the preaching of the cross much. That's what it does. It gives you power in your Christian life. You ought to think about the cross. You ought to meditate upon the cross. You ought to study the scriptures about the cross. You ought to hear preaching and teaching on the cross. It's something that ought to come up often. And as you see the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross in your mind's eye through the eye of faith and realize that you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you realize that you know exactly what I want doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm supposed to die to self. He certainly did. And if he did, I can. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we're so smart and we think of real good little things to say, little smart little things, sometimes that are helpful, sometimes that are smart aleck, sometimes it just gets a dig in somebody we're mad at, and other times that actually helps a little bit in some temporary things. But the real power 
comes with the preaching of the cross. Now, the preaching of the cross obviously talks about blood. Uh, you could not look at the Lord Jesus Christ and the way he was crucified and not picture blood. Amen. He was beat. His, his uh, beard was ripped out of his face. He was beat on the back. The crown of thorns went on his head. Blood coming from all these things. Blood coming from the nails. Blood coming from when they stabbed him in the side. It was a death that was uniquely and especially and very noticeably bloody. Amen. Colossians 1.20 says this, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Having made peace, how? Through the blood of his cross. Amen. You know how there will be peace made? Through the blood. That reminds me of a, some wording that you used to hear the old timers saying you don't hear it as much now. Talking about pleading the blood. When you have a problem in your life, a real good thing to do is plead the blood on it. Amen. Say, Lord, I plead the blood. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has some power that normally you're just not going to come across. We sing that song, There's Power in the Blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We've got a lot of Christians that are saved. They trust the Lord as their Savior, and He saved them, and they're going to heaven when they die. But boy, they're not whole. they got every problem you can imagine. they got a broken heart. They haven't thought reasonably in years and years they've got caught up in the thinking of our day which by the way is completely messed up I mean the experts even agree we have a epidemic of mental illness in our country yeah, I'm, not, I'm not just preaching to you what the Bible believing Baptists believe I'm telling you what they're saying out in the world we're going crazy yes. you know what will make you whole again the blood of Jesus Christ Amen. Yeah. You know what you need worse than whatever drug or shrink the world says you need? You need the blood of Jesus Christ. What will make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You say, I feel better when I get this drink in me. <laughs> I feel better when I get this drug in me. Well, I feel better when I talk about my problems. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's the one thing that will do it and everything, you else will, everything else you try won't work. You know why? Because there's power in the blood there isn't anywhere else. Preaching of the cross, it tells of blood. I'll tell you something else. It tells of reconciliation. Oh, you know where a lot of our problems are? We're at enmity with God. You know when you're having a hard time in life? When you and somebody that you love are on the outs. <laughs> and you're not speaking to each other. And there's always that hurt in your heart. There's always that dread in the back of your mind. That things are not whole. You know what the number one problem is? You and the Lord are not in fellowship. And that's what causes many of the others. You know what the preaching of the cross does? It brings us reconciliation with God. We get back together with Him right there. You and the Lord have not been together much. I bet you hadn't sat and meditated and thought about the cross of Jesus Christ and what He did for you. 
Once in a while, somebody at work will do something that'll rub me a little wrong, break one of the rules that messes up my job, and I'm having to go through and try to fix a bunch of things, and I'm kind of mad at them. <laughs> I know that shocks you, but Brother Bob gets in the flesh sometimes. You know what helps me a lot of times? I'll look back and I'll see that person and I'll remember what a good person they are and what a hard worker they are and all the good things they've done for me. And okay, so they messed up a little bit right here. Guess what? I got a lot of things about them I appreciate. Amen. Let me tell you what the Lord has done. Boy, I hate to say this because I don't want to sound irreverent. But he's allowed some things in your life that broke your heart. Mm -hmm. Hurt you. And the truth of the matter is, maybe you wouldn't come right out and say it this way or this directly. The truth of the matter is you're a little mad at him for letting it happen. Because you know what? He could have stopped it. Amen. You know what will help you sometimes? Look back at the cross of Jesus Christ and think how much he loved you to do that for you. Right. Yep. You know what that will help? That will help you and him reconcile. Ephesians 2, And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. There was enmity between you and God, and when Jesus was slain on that cross, your enmity with God was slain at the same time. He, you might say, killed two birds with one stone. Not only did Jesus die, but your enmity with God died right there. Preaching of the cross tells of blood. It tells of reconciliation. I'll tell you another one. It tells of fulfillment. Let's uh, turn with me or listen while I read a couple of places from the Pauline epistles here that talk about some things that uh, the cross did that fulfilled some things that God was needing fulfilled. I'm going to read first of all from Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 verse um, 14. It's just talked about being made nigh by the blood of Christ. And then in verse 14, we'll pick up the reading. It says, For he is our peace, who hath, both, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So in other words, uh, Jesus abolished some things on that cross. You've got to admit, the law is done away with at this point. The word abolish does not mean slight adjustment. No, <laughs> to abolish something, it's gone. Amen. That doesn't mean that it wasn't from God. It was from God. Amen. It was from God, so it was holy, it was right, it was good. I'm not preaching against the law. I'm saying it has fulfilled its purpose, and we've moved on with something better. When it says abolished, buddy, it's abolished. It's gone. Right. You love the Lord Jesus Christ and appreciate His love for you. You won't need those commandments anymore. You'll want to do them. That's a good point. When you find somebody that doesn't want to keep rules, uh, they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't love the Lord Jesus like they should. When you love the Lord Jesus, you're tickled to death to do whatever makes Him happy. Right. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a problem. You tell me Jesus likes it. And I'm signed up. All right, let's see. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 is another one of these. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, 
and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, buddy, if you nail something to a cross, you know what you're doing? You're killing it. <laughs> Again, it's gone. It's taken out of the way. It's blotted out. Verse 15 of Colossians 2 goes on to say, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of unholy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. The preaching of the cross shows fulfillment. And so if the thing has been fulfilled, it can be removed now. Speaking of the Old Testament law. The blood, the reconciliation, the fulfillment, and the removal. That's the preaching of the cross. Now let's look at the enemies of the cross. Oh boy. When something is as powerful as the cross of Jesus Christ, let me tell you what you can count on. Somebody will come up to oppose it. Amen. You start living for the Lord and believe in the Bible, trying to do right, there will be people mad at you every which way you turn. Just get oh, used boy. to it. Don't even be bothered by it. Just expect opposition. Amen. Now, look, let me be fair. Once in a while, it'll be your fault. It'll be something you did wrong trying to do right. Because you know what? We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. Sure do. So plenty of it will be your fault. But some of it will not be your fault. Some of it will be just the offense of the cross. So let's talk for a minute about the enemies of the cross. Now, the cross has plenty of enemies. Uh, one thing that a lot of people used to think in the old days when, when America had such a seeming admiration for old-fashioned Christians uh, was they'd get saved and they'd say, praise the Lord, I'm right with God and here I was in trouble with the law all the time and making my family ashamed all the time and now I'm living right and no more trouble with the law and no more shameful habits and everybody will jump on my side and lo and behold, people get mad at them then and call them a holy roller and a Bible thumper yeah. and a goody two-shoes and all those little names. And they'd think, they hated me when I was doing wrong, now I'm doing right, they hate me almost as bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Part of that is because of the offense of the cross. Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Did you see that? Enemies of the cross. And who are they? End is destruction. They go around with a cloud over their head. They go around depressed because they know they're headed for self-destruction. They know the way they're headed does not end in joy. Whose God is their belly, just whatever tastes good or feels good right now, whatever gives me a thrill right now, that's their God. Whose glory is in their shame, stuff they ought to be ashamed of, they're putting out on social media. Amen. And who mind earthly things. That's a good summary of it. Their mind is always what's on this world. You know what they are? Enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that have ruled, uh, run, run things in ways that helped this world and, and guided this world you know, halfway rightly believed in an eternal, ever-present God and believed in some eternal things. I watched a, a secular movie this weekend, that movie uh, Gladiator from, I don't know, a couple decades ago, whenever it was. And even this, even this old pagan Roman, you know what he said? He said, the deeds you do in life have echoes in eternity. 
Listen, if you're going to do anything that's going to last, you're going to realize the effects you have down here on this earth last eternally. But I'll guarantee you what the Lord Jesus Christ down here did down here on this earth will last eternally. Right. If you'll get involved in the preaching of the cross and as the lady said at the mission last night, the spreading of the word, you'll be doing some things down here on earth that'll do more than just feel good to your belly at the immediate time you're eating a meal. It will have echoes through eternity. Wouldn't you like to be involved in a life like that that really mattered and that really lasted? Uh, I got a warning for you. You won't be popular right now. Amen, that's good. But boy, on judgment day, the crowns will be yours. Enemies of the cross. First of all, I want to say about that, they're produced by offense. Offense. Galatians 5, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Paul said, here I'm preaching, and it's a bunch of Jews in these synagogues a lot of times, and if I'll just preach their Old Testament law and their right of circumcision and all that old stuff, I'll be fine. They'll all be happy with me. But instead, I'm preaching the cross of Jesus Christ. That's not in their law that they emphasize all the time, or at least they don't see it yet in there. The offense of the cross was what Paul had to deal with there. I'll read to you a couple other passages. We'll just kind of study on this because it's an important truth from God's Word. Let's see. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Do you study the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and see how all he ever did was good and do always the things that please the Father? You can't help but ask yourself, well, why was he such a problem? Why did he keep everybody so mad? I'd like to ask you in this day, why in the world would somebody like the Lord Jesus Christ be so offensive to so many people? The Jesus of the Bible, that is. But that's the truth of it. People... There has always been a, a division among people because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 16, or I'll, I'll read it to you here. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Peter said, What? This is not going to be unto you, Lord. And Jesus rebuked him and called him Satan. Good night. Let me tell you about the Lord Jesus. He made his enemies mad, and much times he made his friends mad. Amen. And let me just be honest. He's made me mad a few times. 
he and I had fussed about things and me knowing he was right the whole time. <laughs> but you know why? Because I'm sinful and he's holy. You looking for a life of peace? Amen, you'll get it when you get to heaven. <laughs> but down here, you sin against the Lord Jesus, there will be consequences to pay. And when you get along with the Lord Jesus, there will be consequences to pay from the other side. <laughs> oh, me, people used to know that it's not going to be an easy road. No, no, it's not an easy road. <laughs> but Jesus walks beside me and brightens the journey and lightens every heavy load. Enemies of the cross, they're produced by offense. But this is for Bobby and the Baptists. <laughs> Be sure it's the offense of the cross and not the offense of you. Yes. You know, there's not one or two verses in the Bible about this. Let me read to you just a few of them. Uh, let's look at, uh, I'll, I'll read first 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6.30. I'll read these so I get the wording just right. 2 Corinthians 6.3 Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Hmm. That's enough to put us all on the altar. How many of us can say we've given no offense in anything? <laughs> there we all go. Alright, here's another one. In case that wasn't enough. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 33. Here's Paul. This is his testimony. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. He said, I go around pleasing all men in all things. How many of you have pleased all men in all things? Now, don't get me wrong. It's in this context. I don't mean that you, you know, water down the message of the Word of God to please men. He covers that in another place. But as far as your way of life... Be pleasing. Be agreeable. Be friendly. Be loving. Have a big heart. Care about people. Everybody can do better than that. But I tell you who really needs to, because they have the truth in the other areas, is the Bible believers. Alright, that was 2 Corinthians 6.3. That was 1 Corinthians 10.33. Now look at one more. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Now there's an offense of the cross... But be sure it's the offense of the cross, okay? Not the offense of just you. Romans 15, verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. You know how you can best help your neighbor? When you're known as somebody that pleases somebody for their good. Now again, there's some obvious parameters on it. If, uh, you know, they got diabetes, you don't take them ton of sugar. If they're a drunk, you don't take them some liquor. <laughs> if they're a drug addict, you don't take them some of their drug of choice. You know, you don't do stuff that's hurt. It says, for his good. <laughs> but be somebody that pleases somebody. <clears throat> Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is right. Make me a sorrow and glad. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Oh, Savior, I pray, make me a blessing to someone today. If you'll be like that, it'll go a lot better when you preach even the offensive cross. Amen. But even if it doesn't, but even if it doesn't, at least your conscience is clear. The only thing they're offended at is the cross, not me. 
Alright, the enemies of the cross are produced by offense. I'll tell you something else about them. They're proponents of persecution. I mean, they'll carry it to the point where they don't think anything of persecuting you. Now, that's a shame because they're all the time talking about how, oh, man, the old-fashioned old Christians, well, they were too mean. They had too many rules. They, were too, they expected you to do their way. Yeah, but let me tell you something. When they turn on you, they're all for persecution against you. They make it sound like the Christians only want to do the persecuting. Uh, read your Baptist history. <laughs> I promise you, there's plenty, they're just the ones that talk about peace, 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 peace. Why don't you be more peaceful? Why don't you be more tolerant? They have no peace and they have no tolerance when it comes to the other side. <laughs> Galatians 6.12 As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. There's persecution that goes with the cross of Christ. And we can give you a thousand stories from church history and especially Baptist history about that. So we've seen the preaching of the cross. We've seen the enemies of the cross. Now let's look at the obedience of the cross. Christian, after you're saved, it is very important that you still make note and obey the cross. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave us the example in that, didn't he? Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You say, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take that and obey and go down, down, down. Well, wait a minute. There's a real big exaltation at the end of it. Uh, one great thing about serving the Lord is, number one, you stay out of some trouble, but number two, you're rewarded. Amen. There's nobody that can reward like God does. Oh, boy. Amen. I mean, there, the, I don't care whose approval you're looking for. I don't care whose reward you're seeking. There is not one of them that can match the approval and the reward that God Almighty can give you. You want, a, you want some, something that's rewarding? Serve God. Serve Him obediently. Now, unfortunately, that does begin with some self-denial. One of the things that uh, the world always says, and our flesh always says, every one of us, is I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm tired of pleasing everybody else. I'll agree, don't please everybody else. Please one. Get out your Bible and see what pleases God. Now, sometimes it does please Him for you to please others. Don't misunderstand. But be doing it mainly because it pleases God. You know what will happen when you please others? You'll see they don't appreciate it. And you'll think, well, what was the use? <laughs> and I'll agree. If you're doing it just to please somebody else and they don't appreciate it, they don't want it, what is the use? But if you're doing it because God's up there keeping a record and He's noticing I guarantee you 
not everybody wants your good works done for them. I heard a joke about that. What was that this weekend? Oh, yeah, what's the difference in an in-law and an outlaw? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> okay, all right, that's pretty bad. All right, uh, obedience of the cross, it will require some self-denial. Luke 9, 23, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Say, I am not going to deny myself. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm tired of pleasing everybody else. I understand. This is a free country. But you can't follow Jesus that way. If you follow Jesus, step one is to deny yourself. That's not my words. That's Jesus. Self-denial. First of all, it will be in salvation. And you know, a lot of people have a hard time with this. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You feel like you should do something. You feel like you should straighten up. You feel like you should earn it. You feel like you should pay some money or join a church or go through a ritual or something. And you have to not deny yourself and say, no, there's not a thing I can do to earn this. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. But not only is that true in salvation, that's true in Christian living. You go around doing what seems right to you. How did it work in the Old Testament when every man did that which was right in his own eyes? Up for a while, down for a while. Up for a while, down for a while. And the main reason they had the ups was because the Lord sent a deliverer every now and then. No, you'll have to deny yourself. The obedience of the cross first is denying yourself. Now that's not all that it is. Some people talk about living for the Lord and the obedience of the cross as if it's denying yourself and that's all it is. You never get any fun and you never have any joy. You're just down, down, down. I've been around Bible believers all my life. And oh, yeah, sure. they, they've had some down times, but man, have they had some glory times. Yeah. I've seen them more than once running in the aisles. I've seen them shouting. I've seen them glory. And I've seen lives changed. I'm seeing loved ones reconciled. There's wonderful, there is joy in serving Jesus. Amen. Amen. But there won't be if there's not self-denial first. Say, I tried that, and I didn't get any joy out of it. Yeah, you didn't deny self. Self was in there. You was doing what was right in your own eyes. When you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, Word of God says, it ends with you highly exalted. Now you'll go through trials. All of it. Tell you something else about it. Not only does it require self denial, it requires some endurance. That's not going to be immediate. A lot of people say, Well, I tried that one time, it didn't work. Well, you don't. Obedience of the cross is not something you try one time. Obedience of the cross is something you commit to. You put some years in it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There will be some endurance. Don't you know it took some endurance for the Lord Jesus to go through being despised and being attacked the whole time and then finally being beat and left up on that cross? Don't you know it seemed like a long time going through that? It's going to seem like a long time going through some things you go through. It will take some endurance. God help us. The obedience of the cross isn't something you try one time and quit. It requires self-denial. It requires endurance. But I tell you what it ends in. It ends in glory. 
Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul said this has given me such joy and I remember when I put all that effort in and I kept all those laws and touching the righteousness which was in the law I was blameless and I was in a bad mood all the time and I was throwing men and women in jail and I was persecuting because buddy I was right and I was going to make sure they went by what I said was right and there's an anger and there's a sternness and there's an unhappiness in that. But when Paul got the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was the one being thrown in jail and was happier than he was in the old days when he was throwing other people in jail. And you know what he said? He said, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of Christ because that's the one that made the difference. When I was the one on the outside throwing other people in, I was miserable. Now I'm the one getting beat up and thrown in there and I'm glorying. What was the difference? The cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ready for some joy and glory in your life? Let me tell you what to do. Quit trusting your own self. <coughs> Take a humble place like Jesus did. Take what the devil meets out to you in persecution and what God meets out to you in punishment because let's just be honest, some of it will be your fault, won't it? <laughs> Am I being honest? Yes. Do I believe in Baptist sin too? <laughs> of course. <laughs> been around them too long to try to say anything else. And you know what you'll do? You'll get, come with some glory on the other side. And you'll say, don't give me any of it, because when I was in charge, I made a wreck of it. And when I started glorying in the cross of Jesus Christ, some joy came, and all I want is credit to go to Him, not me. And Paul's joy, joyously saying that. Alright, what have we seen today? We've reminded of the necessity of the cross in our preaching, in our spiritual fighting, and in our daily life. Now, notice I said spiritual fighting, not physical fighting, not verbal fighting, spiritual fighting. The one thing that all saved people have in common is what? One day, spiritually speaking, they came to the cross and they put their trust in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed right there to wash their sins away. And the power that raised him from the dead to give them eternal lives. Now, what's the one thing that all consecrated Christians have in common? Even after they're saved, they appreciate, appreciate the cross enough to contribute to the preaching of it, to spiritually fight for it, and to obey it, even when it means self-denial and endurance. All. Oh. Understanding of the cross, you know what it is? It's essential to Christian living. Here's the Apostle Paul who knew that Old Testament and knew the Lord and spoke directly to him and had revelations straight from God and knew some things that none of us can even imagine. And yet, you know what he said his glory was in? It was in the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is what crucified him to the world. Oh, Christian, I'm speaking to somebody saved. Don't put the cross in the sidelines of your life. Keep that in front of you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance.